Well, just thinking of Jesus in our worship tonight and thinking about how how great it is, who he is, what he did for us, and just magnifying Jesus so much. Just for an introduction, John 14. Philip, in verse 8, said, let's see, um, verse 4, Whither I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither you go, and how can we know the way? How can we know the way? This is a great thought. I think it's... uh, Geography. Maybe he's thinking about Jesus is going somewhere, and how do we get the get there? How do we go? That's like on one level. That's how we think. We we have our our understanding of life like this. There's a house with two floors, and we could say, how do we know the way? Where where are you going? And how do we get there? How do we get there? And that's how we live. A lot of our life is like that. But this is something else. Jesus came not just as a rabbi to teach us how to live, but he came to give us his life. This is different. We go to another place. This is a different mind. This is uh, not, you know, not like a typical procedure method like how do we go where is it how do we get there where's the way what how do we do this how do we do it that's typical thought that we have but then verse um, six jesus said i am the way the truth and the life this is this is entirely new this is totally a new Way. This is something else. It's not, I'm going to teach you seven steps like all the sages of all religions and all rabbis and all teachers. Here are the steps. This is how you get there. This is what you do. These are the disciplines. Uh, seven steps and five pillars of Islam and um, uh, seven stages of Buddhism and and the disciplines of uh, of life. This is how how people think typically. But Christ introduces something totally different. And he didn't say, you know, these are the techniques. But he said, I am my person. I am the way. So in our sketch, we say uh, the first floor of the house is time and space. And this is where we live in, a, in, in many ways in, in the sense of our natural life. But Jesus came from heaven. He came from God. He is God. And he came into this world to show us God. That is God we are now in fellowship with. It's God that's different. Yes, he teaches us to pray. Yes, we make moral decisions. But it's more than morality. 
And it's more than knowledge. It's his person. And when he said, I am the way, this is uh, very refreshing for us. Because, to be honest, we get tired in the first floor of the house. And when Jesus came, he was in both floors. He was material, but he was divine. He was born in Bethlehem, but he had never been, never not existed. He always was, always will be. Uh, He could give us counsel, but he could also give us more. And that's himself. The power, the love, the joy, the spirit, the wisdom, the mind. I am the way. I am the way. Oh, thank you. It's like, praise you. Praise you, God. There is no God like you. You are God, and you are in our world. And you have not given us a heavy burden. And you have not given us a yoke uh, that's heavy. And uh, you haven't given us uh, tough things um, that we don't... uh, Uh, that just burdened us more. But instead, you gave us the cross. And and through faith in you, that all that the cross means has been given to us. So we are seated in heavenly places already. We have passed from death unto life already. You know, one of our pastors up in Pennsylvania... Tragically, on Saturday, a tree fell on his, uh, on him, on his car, and he was instantly killed. Pastor Bishop Berger, uh, seventy-four years old, and an assistant to Pastor Duke. And any tragic deaths, you kind of like, whoa, how did that happen? But, um, but I, I. We, here's, a, here's a very good point. This has been our theme the last couple services, and it is, it's by wisdom, and we, we talked about the house wisdom built, and it's by wisdom you and I navigate in life. It's by, it's by the mind of God, and how do we get it? Well, we have it. Jesus is the way. He's the way to navigate in a tragedy, as sad and as hard as it might be. But he is enough. God tells us, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. He is enough for us. And his voice that created the heavens and the earth is the same voice that will say, come up. In Philippians three, out, out of the out of the graves, we will, our bodies will come up by His power. And I'm like, I was with him in with Pastor Bishop Berger in Florida some months ago, and we talked a little bit, and and then to think he's gone, but he's not gone. Hallelujah. How do we know? 
How do we know the way, Lord? How do we know where you're going? How do we know how to get there? How can that happen? And then he says, very simple, profound, extraordinary words. Now, like a typical rabbi, like read your Bible, memorize these, do the Proverbs, apply yourself, and all that is true. And we do it. But this is extraordinary. I am the way. My person is all you need. Walk with me, and I will take you. I will take you. And so um, our message tonight will be, we'll, we'll share it in a few minutes, is Acts 16. If you would turn there with me. I'll just point it out to you. This is Paul's mission journey. And I can't help but feel in this chapter, he is very bold, the Apostle Paul. He is very confident. Apostle Paul is engaged in God's reality. He has wisdom. He is able to sit with Lydia in chapter 16 and verse 14. And I love that idea of just sitting and talking. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple in the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, she's Jewish. They didn't have a synagogue in Philippi. It was a Roman colony. So they gathered at the river. And she was a worshiper of God. And she heard, she heard Paul and Timothy, and her heart was opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. She paid attention and listened as he just talked by the river. They sat there. I understood. Yeah, verse 13. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. We sat there and talked. You know, I would like to think and believe it, I know it, that you are able to navigate in life, in life and death, in good times and bad times, you and I are able, with some measure, of wisdom, and we're able to sit in a cafeteria or on a park bench or in a cafe and talk. And when you talk, people are listening. Not always. They're not listening to everything, but it might be the Lord opens their heart, and they say, could you repeat that? Could you repeat that? Explain that to me. Because your life and mine is like this picture. It is. It's like that picture. Jesus is in our hearts. And we have something to say in life. And when Lydia listened, her heart was opened. And Paul led her to believe in Christ. So, that's amazing. Amen. Lord Jesus, we pray that this service 
would highly magnify you, draw all our attention to you and what you did for us, to teach us that we are we are we are engaged with your reality. We are able because you are the way. You are the one. You are our wisdom. You are our life. You are the one. And and help us to help others find you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I like that uh, announcement about uh, you could actually go and be a victim and uh, somebody's going to take care of you. How about it? Uh, do you get paid for being a victim? <laughs> or no, is it volunteer? Is it? Uh, it's great. I, I, and nobody asked me ever to be a victim. I, I do it naturally. Okay, um, it's cold outside. I want to do a warm-up. Uh, I'd like the folks online, God bless you. This is a warm place right here. I uh, wish you were here. Uh, let, let's all stand. Oh, we got a, vis- a couple from Kentucky. That's Al, right? Al and your wife, right? Would you? We want to welcome you. This couple is amazing. Yeah. They're from Kentucky, and, and they're here for some months and see how God leads them, but it's so good to be with them. Would you stand right now and uh, give a warm welcome to your neighbor and say it's great to have you out tonight. Praise the Lord. We're from Maine. We're from New York. We're from Massachusetts. Okay, you may be seated. had uh, 2023 what a amazing I oftentimes think of our convention and various events through the year and just so thankful and how the Apostle Paul in his life had to like he knew he knew Christ and he walked with Christ and was in the church in Antioch. And they sent him out in Acts 13 with prayer and fasting and laid their hands on them. And he and Barnabas went out. And they found a disciple in Acts 16. His name was Timothy. And and I cannot imagine how awesome it must have been to uh, be with with Paul and his team and what they talked about and 
how they believed. And tell me again, Paul, how you were converted. Uh, tell me again what it's like to be a Orthodox Jew who uh, lives by law. And then what happened to you? How you found grace, how you found Christ, and you understood the scriptures, and you went to Arabia for three years, and uh, you you studied, and God spoke to you and taught you, and Paul could answer with such liberty, I am free, I'm totally free, much more free than we could, well, what, what, much more free than any people could imagine. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I found that liberty in Christ. He's the way, the truth, the life. So he's in a pagan world where there are many gods, uh, but no God like our God. No God that makes sense like our God. No, no God that can do what our God does. And, and to walk with him and trust him is, uh, was what Paul did. So this chapter is, in 16 is packed with stories and events and people. And I think it relates to us because sometimes we worry, not worry, but we wonder, are we able to evangelize? Are we able to share our faith? Are we able to talk in a sensible way to people and lead them to believe? Are we, are we able to uh, uh, sit at a barbecue setting or in a cafe and, or at a university um, cafeteria or, or in a classroom or in the hallway at a, at a hospital? And, and talk uh, from our hearts. And the answer to that is um, it happens, like here in this chapter, different setting, different setting is wisdom, like we see up here on the screen. It, it works. That's the, the mark of our life, is that somehow we are free. We are able to love we're able to serve, we're able to suffer, we have patience, we're able to understand. Let me do an opposite, opposite picture for you. There, there are people in their hearts, they find things that they love very much. Give me some, some of them, let's make a list. They love very much what? The ravens. The ravens. Yes. Pastor Steve, we're rebuking you. Um, what? Your animals, car, money, reputation, career, children, family, wife. By the way, my wife is amazing, isn't she? Give her a hand. She's amazing. Put up with, really, I'm thankful, thankful. And um, uh, looking around the room, I just see, I just see people that I just think are. Amazing servants. There is a list of things that we love in our natural heart. You could say there are people, children, 
there's success, money, career, reputation. But, but there's something lacking in the love by nature. There's something missing. We don't, we don't love the right way because God isn't in it. When God isn't in it, then it's not going to be right. Uh, if we say children here, we love our children, of course, but when they are first, oh, okay. When they, when they, okay, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> the, the first commandment and the greatest is to love God with all my heart, all my heart. How can I love God with all my heart if I love my children first with all my heart? I'm loving my children with all my heart, or my job, or my health, my life, with all my heart. I love my life with all my heart. We do. Okay. Thank you. We'll put that in there. My life, my wife, career, money, reputation. You know, there was um, some Hollywood actress, you know, beautiful woman. But as she got older and started to lose her beauty, she started to do everything she could to regain that, you can imagine. So, So, like, what do I have when I love those things with all my heart? It's wisdom. It's when God says to love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Then you get what you have. What you, what you have in life, you have for a period of time, but it's not you love your children with your heart, but you're loving God with all your heart. And then you're loving your children, your job, or whatever it is. But it's not the other way. Uh, when, I read, when I read in the book of Acts about the works of God, I see the servants of God that are able to do this. They're able to always put, go back to that principle that the new birth gives me this blessing. Bless, greatest blessing we could ever have, and that is not to love life too much, but to love God with all our hearts, and then we love life. But we hold it loosely. We have it and we lose it. We have our family and we lose it. We have our possessions and we lose them. We have our health and we lose them. And this beauty queen losing her she couldn't navigate in that. She didn't have the wisdom. Can't navigate, don't know how to do it. And in the book of Acts, we see the trials and the troubles that you say, they're unsurmountable. You will quit. Now he quits, and he doesn't. Now he's finished, but he's not. 
Now it's the end, but it isn't. Now he's going back home, but he doesn't. Now, now it's like over. No, it isn't. And this is the, the story of your life and my life. That I, when God is first, he carries us. And we start to learn how to navigate when, when your house, when unfortunately things that happen, I'm not, I'm not looking for it and I'm not like, like not, not suggesting that it will always happen, but there are things that happen. And to, uh, navigate in it is our story. That's our story. That's evangelism. That's when a heart is open. That's when somebody starts to listen to us. That's when, that's when they say, wow, like, you're really doing good? Are you actually doing good after your barn burned down? Or after you lost a child? I mean, after your, your church folded? Like, who are you? How did this happen? And you say, with, with clarity and purity of heart, I am free. Hallelujah. Thanks for that hallelujah. <laughs> what do you mean, I am free? Yeah, I am free. That's the, that's the Apostle Paul. I am free. Now, this freedom isn't political freedom or psychological freedom in a strict sense. It's something else. It is, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the reality. I am there in you and with you. You will, as you walk with me, and it's not, uh, certain things about it are not automatic, but there are things about our faith that we go from faith to faith, and we start to learn and believe that we can live in this world and have joy in it. We can actually live in this world and end well. We can actually finish with an awesome attitude. We can actually live here and say, praise the Lord, with purity of heart and clarity and um, liberty. I'm like, like using the word liberty because when you have liberty, this is the thing that Jesus said, didn't, didn't he? He said, you will know the truth, and it will set you what? Free, and your freedom will be what? It will be indeed, like really for real, deep, real freedom indeed. So that's the kind of the mark of your new life, is your freedom. Aren't you afraid of people? Not really. Are you afraid of losing your children? No, not really. Might happen. I hope not. Are you afraid of it? Are you afraid of death? No, I actually, I mean, I don't want to sound hyper-spiritual. I don't want to sound weird. But to be honest, like right at the moment, I feel that I have a mind and that God is helping me understand it doesn't mean that I like it, and it doesn't mean that I'm like totally artificially boasting or something, but I have to say I can sit quietly in my kitchen and navigate with death at the door. 
Wow. Are you kidding me? Yes, no. No, I, I know what you're saying. But this is, this is what I'm, I'm getting out of this chapter in general terms. So we'll just read it and finish here in our, in our message. We could, we could look at um, his leading. He was led to Macedonia in verse 9. He, he, he was with Timothy in verse um, you know, 4. And maybe we could just throw those up there. Verse 4, put that up there for a minute. Then verse 9, sorry if it, okay, too quick, sorry. Vision appeared. He, he moved, to, he went to Macedonia. And from there he landed on the shore and then went up, they, they did, went up to Philippi. And we read that already. The Lord opened her heart as he sat and talked. But she was prepared. It's beautiful. The Lord opened her heart. So she wanted to be baptized, and she was there in verse 15. Then there's a demonic woman, verse 16, possessed with a spirit of divination. And she was part of the, the, she was a money-making machine for those guys who owned her, and she had a spiritual connection, and, and that's verse 16, 17, Paul was grieved, verse 18, and he turned and said to the spirit, so let's look at 18, this did she many days, but Paul being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Now that is amazing evangelism right there. Uh, He had the discernment. He had the power. He had the authority and he wasn't afraid of it. And he uh, cast the demon out of the woman. And she was free and she's, she's changed. They are angry, the owners are angry, and they slander them in the multitude. This is interior, this is in Macedonia, and they, we could say pagan world. Um, There is superstition, there is tribalism. They say, we don't want to be taught any other way but the Roman way, verse 21. And... um, then they beat them, verse 22. They ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Verse 23, when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. That means like an inner part, a more secure area, and made their feet fast in the stocks, verse 24. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Again, liberty, real liberty. They've been beaten, they're persecuted, they've been beaten unjustly. Bitterness, a feeling of a, of a loss, a feeling of 
oppression, a feeling of, of, of vanity maybe, that this doesn't work. Look at the trouble that we've gotten ourselves into. But you can't. This is what, I, what we're saying about Jesus is the way. It's, you, you cannot have a method here. It's that I love God with all my heart. I can't help it. It's the Spirit of God in me and my decision not to make the ministry my God. That, that's a good point too, isn't it? You could, you could make here the ministry is my God. No, without the ministry in that sense, you have a ministry. You don't have a church. You don't have a parking lot. You don't have an ordination. You don't have people around you. No, but you have this ministry. I am the way, the person, the reality of the person. That's your ministry. And it's there in the prison. And they're singing and praising God. And that's beautiful. Or they're quietly sitting, maybe tears. You could sit at a coffee shop with tears and just be a broken person. But the Holy Spirit and the liberty that you have and the love in your heart that you have in your life, it speaks to people. And in the story here, there is the sudden the earthquake at midnight. Paul, they sang in verse 26. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. I always think about the Roman Empire being like a big prison and being shaken by Christianity. The Roman Empire and the pagan gods and how strong the gates and the walls and how thick they are. And it's being shaken. Uh, I think of the lives of people here in our country. They have thick walls and the gates and the, the burdens of the human heart. Because this list of loves, the things, things that we love, is really, is really our problem. That's why, that's why we fear. That's why we have anxiety. That's why we're worried. That's why we are afraid. We don't have freedom because we don't have God. So take all the things that you love very much constantly as an attitude, as a thing you do in your life, devotionally in your heart, and say, Jesus, you are the way. I have to navigate through this world. And I need to understand it. I cannot put too much on that thing. I, I need the mind, the wisdom. You remember we said this wisdom will do more than what a moral person can do. A moral person doesn't have this wisdom. And a scientific person can't do it. And an organized person, and a talented, and a smart, and a charismatic handsome or beautiful or talented or smart person cannot do what the Apostle Paul is doing in the story. In the story, he is ministering. Why? Because he's not afraid. Why? Because he has God. And when you love God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, then you're able to see everything else in a better way. 
We may not be perfect at it, but we have a better way of living. A better way, like I'm not going to, I'm not gambling because I, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm not going to be a gambler. I'm not going to chase women around. It doesn't make sense. I, I'm not going to go entertain things that I'm, I'm closely tempted to. I, I want to have a margin in my life. It does, uh, to live carelessly doesn't make sense. There are so many pitfalls, so many uh, challenges, so many dangerous things that I can touch. Uh, one time my dad, we had a store in our family, and then we had a flat roof, and it had to be tarred, and we would have leaks, and he would send me up there with a bucket of tar. And within an hour, i come down covered with it because... You know, I was handing my face, I had an itch on my face, and and soon, you know, I tried to get it off, and it's worse, and then, you know how it goes. I think of sin like that. Like, I can't get rid of it. If you leave me to myself, I'm going to be a sinner. But if you, if we find him, I am the way, you end up living in different, you can't even believe it. It is liberty, it is freedom, it is joy, it makes sense in the long run, maybe not in the immediate, but in the long run, forgiveness is better than bitterness. To forgive is a lot better than a grudge. To give away money is better than keeping it and hoarding it for yourself. To share a blessing in faith and to give mercy is better than judging people. Let's judge people. We are right. They are wrong. We are right. They are wrong. We are right. They are wrong. It's like, could we get off of that and find something else like mercy, like love, like grace, like giving a gift, like caring? Could we find a heart that's bigger than our own? We find Jesus as the, the reality. Yes, that's what happened. Let's look at it. Verse, um, the keeper of the prison, verse 26. Immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's hands, bands, bands were loosed. Their chains on their wrists and ankles, presumably. The keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep. Wow, that's a good word, I think. Waking out of his sleep because you are there. They wake out of their sleep. You are there. You are there. They wake out of their sleep. You are there. You know, I think I think this is the first year that the Ravens have had a chaplain. They hired one, I think, uh Harbaugh required it, demanded it. I'm not sure best he would know all the details over there. But he, he wanted a chaplain for the team. Like he wanted, I like the idea that in the NFL or in any league, there would be a spiritual element. There would be an avenue for players to seek God. There would be a way for them to hear something from God. The wisdom that comes from God, Jesus is that, and they need to wake up. Some other players, they are sleeping, they will wake up. The doors will come open, the earthquake happens, and you are in the middle of it. 
This is evangelism. It's now a time for you to give a message. It's now for you to talk from your heart. Somebody pulls you aside in the tennis court, and they talk to you, and they say, my uncle died. Now you have, you have a love, and you have a word, you have a message. They are waking up like the prison, prison, the jailer at the prison. He's waking up. He is saying, what, what is going on? This is bad. What should I do? This is bad. What shall I do? What a good word. We are being prepared in our church. We are being prepared by being together. We are being prepared in our prayer. We're being prepared in the books we read. We're being prepared in uh, hearing um, a word from the Lord in, 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 uh, in our cars and wherever we go. Verse 27, the keeper of the prison waking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword. And I wonder how many people say that's the answer. I am waking up. This is more than I can handle. I'm taking my life. This is more than I can handle. I'm out of here. The thing is shaking. They're waking up. Oh, I can't handle it. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. So, but then he says, no, Paul is there. He's a minister. So Paul, verse 28, cried with a loud voice saying, you yourself no harm. He had a loud voice. What kind of voice? Loud. And with Lydia, he's just sitting and talking at the river. But and, and with the demonized woman, he cast the demons out. Now he's yelling out with a loud voice, Don't! Stop! Don't harm yourself! Don't do it! We are here. So, that's the story. Then he called for a light, sprang in, came from... The, came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved in your house. Then they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them, and how beautiful that must have been when they were forgiven, they were saved, they were in the house, they were eating together, and they took them and washed their stripes and was baptized, and he and all his straightway, and when he had brought them into his house, he said, meet before them and rejoice, believing in God with all his house. Wow. Hmm. Look at up on the screen. If you love those things too much, you can't do that. If you love your life too much, you can't do that. You can't do that. But if you have given your life, and with all your heart, you just say, Jesus, do you do this thing called life? You live my life for me. You do it. You live my life. Help me. I don't know how to do it. And he's saying, okay, you will love your children, but you will love me 
with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength first, with all your heart, and I will lead you. I am the way. And your children will love you. They won't run away from you. They will actually be with you. They will be drawn to you probably. Probably you will end up winning in your career. Probably you'll become quite good at what you're doing. Because I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Probably your friendships, you probably have very good friendships because I am the way. And my glove, the universe, in my my hand fits in it. And when I am in you and with you, then you fit in this world. And you end up finishing your life saying, how, how did that happen? And, and I know how it happened. God did that. It was God's mind. It was God's heart, God's way that gave us the liberty, the love, the joy, the peace, and the authority to live our life. Now, here's a lead your children in the fear of God. Lead your family in the fear of God and love them and help them because they have it in their hearts and they will see it in your heart. If you are a young person, then lead your friends in it and help them find it and you walk in it yourself and you find it for yourself and you have it and you'll have this kind of amazing opportunities. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? <clears throat> Lord, thank you for this time and your name here. And uh, what we are all learning as a church, we are very, very thankful. We, all of us, could say, well, no. There's no way we could live this way except by your grace. And we enjoy it so much. We enjoy life. We enjoy your love. We enjoy each other. We enjoy our purpose. We enjoy our mission. And, and send people and use us, Lord. We pray. And bring in more people into your house to find you. And then that great challenging part of discipling people to lead them not just in a service, but lead them in everyday life. Learn to be, have a devotional. Learn, learn to pray and trust you, to live by faith in you. Learn to make good decisions and discover your love and your grace. Learn that we would help others and disciple others to find you, to know you, to talk with you, to have a quiet you, to have a quiet with you, to have a with you, to have a and to help people in their hearts to find you and know you. Thank you, Lord, for that. And then anyone listening is not a believer in Jesus, this is an invitation to believe in on, on him and say to Jesus, I believe on you. I trust you tonight. In my heart, I put my trust in you. And, and do that tonight for the first time with all your heart. And then all of us, Lord, that every day is a way of life. We have a prayer life just quiet under our breaths, in our hearts of just total surrender, trust in you, 
has a way of life and then fill us with your liberty and peace in Jesus' name. Amen.